Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com and RockAuto.com. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, Brian Robinson. Hello and welcome to MotorWeek Podcast. This is number 226. Uh, joining me this week is Over the Edge reporter Greg Carlos. Hello. Rotest producer Kyle Scanlon. Hello. And FYI reporter Stephanie Hart. Hey, everyone. Welcome, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're going to look at a couple of road test cars we've driven lately, as well as some uh, special stuff from Stephanie. So we'll jump right in with the road test cars. How about the 2019? It seems uh, old, but it's uh, such a special car. Uh, we're just now getting to it. Subaru WRX STI S209. Uh, we just had that down on our track in Roebling. Uh, what did we? Uh, what's new about the 209, and what did we think about it? Well, it's the most powerful STI ever. 341 horsepower coming out of the same 2.5 liter turbo four still a boxer engine. Uh, naturally, all wheel drive, uh, six speed manual transmission. This one is a little bit tighter ratioed, uh, which I found a little bit rough to get in and out of gear, uh, especially when driving around. Actually, on the track, it was fine, uh, which is probably the way it's supposed to be. But uh, driving around town, which most people will be doing, uh, it was a little clunky. Uh, a little bit wider tracks front and rear and uh s209 badging all over the place and a uh a nifty little intercooler spray system which apparently gives <laughs> you like two or five extra horsepower uh if you pull a little paddle on the wheel it'll spray some some coolant into the intercooler and uh i think it's more of a like a that's more a, flash than yeah exactly <laughs> I, it's hard to say if it actually gained anything but you could do it if you wanted to yeah cool factor yeah, 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 yeah absolutely yeah. something to talk about at the car show yeah for sure. exactly <laughs> yeah. or the wawa or wherever <laughs> you're hanging out <laughs> the mcdonald's yeah, parking I, lot i mean we've had a uh, seemingly endless cycle of subarus we can't get then we can get then we can't get and uh this one uh, is special because not only is it the highest performing STI ever, but it's only here for us in the U.S. They're only making 209 of them, so we got to get it here. Take and, that rest of the world. Yeah, for right. sure. And we it had more. Our own. Yeah, it had more power, which is great. Usually, like some, sometimes, usually with the uh, STIs, they don't add any more power, just handling stuff. And uh, I thought it made a huge difference. It wasn't that much more, but. Um, it was all mid-range uh, from the turbo tweak, and at Roebling, it really felt uh, it felt strong coming out of corners. And I think every STI we've ever driven down there, I've always wanted more power, and I was fully expecting that to happen. But it felt plenty adequate uh, around that track. I felt, and except, you know, going down the long straight, maybe had a little downtime, but. Uh, yeah, I thought it pulled strong out of corners. I agree. Um, yeah, they they tend to they do pull strong out of corners. All those uh, WRXs, uh, STIs. Um, yeah, the it's still a momentum car on that track, but in a good way. To like, I'd probably drove it more than anybody. And once you really get an idea of like gearing, which was really simple. I mean, it was basically a f- uh, fourth and fifth gear car the whole way around this track. So really simple. Um, but yeah, you basically just throw this thing into corners and the all-wheel drive will pull you out and uh like i said after maybe my 10th or 15th lap i was just having a blast just throwing it around and driving pretty much to the best of my abilities which is something i don't always get to do in these high performance cars 
uh, honestly, I was a little underwhelmed. By all it. Right, I, all right. I thought it was going to, you know, most most horsepower, all that kind of stuff. I was expecting it to be a, a bit quicker. Uh, I was doing some quarter mile testing on it, and trying to get that thing to jump off the line was really difficult. Yeah. STIs are notoriously bad. Straight Kinda have to cars. slip them off the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, you know. Uh, had to do some some retakes for shooting, getting get this car off the line because the thing would just start bucking on you, and it did not seem happy trying. It's to, called character. Go. It's called character. Yes, yes. Clutch character. didn't have a lot of feel. It didn't, yeah, that was. Um, it, it was super crazy. high take up, so mm-hmm. it was like a little hard to get a feel for. Yeah. And also, I had the pleasure of. Uh, myself and Dave Scrivener drove this back from Roebling. So we had a nine hour drive in this car coming back and it is not a, uh, not a car for that. The seats are super uncomfortable <laughs> when you end up sitting there yeah. for that long, and, and it drones and it drones and it just and also you know we were driving it on tires that we had virtually destroyed at the track the we, entire way back. But to be fair, I thought the, from the sound of the rough pavement. On the tire, like I thought we were going to rip through those tires quickly, but they, they held, I mean, they up, held okay. up the whole yeah, week. For sure. Yeah, they, they held up okay. It was a little nerve-wracking when the rain started coming down, and I remember looking and seeing how much tread was actually left on them. And it was like, okay, we're going to see how this goes until the rain stops, and well, I'm still here, so it did all right. But, yeah, I mean, I was, I was hoping to be uh, a lot happier with the car, and unfortunately I wasn't. It's definitely not a street car. It's definitely a track-focused car. I know you didn't get a chance to drive it, Stephanie, but did you have any? Um, yeah, I didn't drive it. I want to drive it. I, <laughs> I heard the buzz that it was tons of fun, so I'd like to get behind the wheel at some point. Um, I heard it had great acceleration. Um, the downside, I heard it was a little noisy. Um, and then some say it was, like, too firm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, yeah, very firm. Did so you? that's sort of what I read. And I actually wanted to ask you guys, how was the tech? Because I heard the tech is pretty good. Mm. <laughs> no? okay. Let's move on. All right. So that's a negative. No, no I mean, on that. the Subaru system's gotten better. Is that what you mean? Just like the tech in it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's okay. It's more yeah. high tech, but you didn't necessarily yeah. like it. No. Didn't okay. blow you away. It's okay. I mean, we're talking about a really old design at this point, yeah. so uh-huh. they don't put a whole lot of. I mean, they did upgrade the uh, infotainment recently. Yeah. Uh, okay. But it's still not great comparatively. And this, okay. this is still the old Impreza chassis, nothing. Mm-hmm. Current, which has been out for a couple of years now, so the uh, it, there is a lot of tech in the mechanical way. Like you can adjust. Oh yeah, the all-wheel drive bias. Did you play with that on the track at all? Uh, I did a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it seemed like it actually had an effect, and um, you know, it actually. I thought when like getting on the throttle, I did get a little bit of that understeer you get with all-wheel drive cars, but the opposite. It would actually rotate really nicely if I had it dialed in just right. Very good. All right, moving on. This one. Uh, Another special vehicle, uh, a little different uh, take on the theme, 2020 Toyota Tundra TRD Pro Crew Max. Tundra is, of course, full-size Tundra, uh, full-size pickup from Toyota. Uh, TRD Pro is uh, uh, two inches of suspension lift and uh, wheels and tires, et cetera, et cetera. And Crew Max is the mega cab version of the Tundra. Anybody have any comments on that? I really enjoyed it. I got to drive it home and, uh, you know, even do a little bit of work around my property with it. And the thing was, thing was really nice. One thing that surprised me was how light the steering was 
for a full-size truck like that. And I know steering is getting lighter and a lot of the larger trucks that are coming out in full-size trucks. But this thing, you could literally almost place the tip of your finger on the wheel and you could do a three-point turn with just that amount of pressure. It was... I think they're still hydraulic power steering, right? Yeah. I don't think they ever switched over to electric. Yeah. yeah. But that, that, that I liked about it. It, it kind of made you feel like you were... Not necessarily in a truck. I mean, you know, I always say this. I drive a truck all the time. That's my daily driver. But this was a really nice one. Um, the room in the back had plenty of room for your passengers. And uh, it came in this awesome, I don't know, kind of forest green color, the one that we got. Yeah. I don't know exactly what the name of that green is. I think they called is. it Army Green or Army green yeah, or Military Green. I thought it was so awesome. Yeah, I loved good it. Looking, good yeah, looking. Yeah, it looked I really thought. good. And with, Black the, with the wheel yeah. entire yeah, package, it was. Uh, it's a really aggressive looking truck for something that you can just drive off the lot. It was loud, and mm-hmm. it sounded like great at startup, but I, I don't know. It didn't sound great to me when I was actually driving it, especially when you're like all, you know, low throttle situations. It just sounded, you know, a, a weird droney sound that just wasn't, to Almost me, wasn't like a good. little whine to it. Almost like if you're familiar with the GMs, when you go into V4 mode mm-hmm. and it's got a, like a loud exhaust, it, it sounds really bad. Uh, it, this one kind of sounded like that all the time to me, but I don't know. Some other people didn't share that opinion. Greg? Uh, I actually did not share that opinion. I did think it sounded pretty good, but I wasn't really listening it uh, to it as closely as you were, apparently. Um, yeah, you know, we were just talking about how we see so many Tundras on the street now, mm-hmm. but... You said their sales aren't that high, which is kind of weird. It doesn't make sense when you seem to be everywhere. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I guess because they stand out. I mean, how many how many F one fifties do you see in that same time frame? True. Uh, I guess yeah. that you don't at least three pay times any attention to. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at this price and considering what other people are paying for pickup trucks, I mean, I have to imagine the Tundras that are sold are probably a good deal of them would be in this trim. I mean, it's a it's a truck truck, so mm-hmm. it, it's cool looking. Yeah, and they started 39. 30, they started 35 for yeah. uh just a regular one. Yeah, a regular yeah. uh a double cab or whatever it's called and uh some updates for 20, pretty minimal. It's got a new infotainment and they dropped the 4.6 liter engine. Can't get that anymore. Uh, anybody else have any other? A lot comments? of storage. Mm-hmm. Uh big back seat. Um I I heard the buzz that interior was just okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, the seats could have been a little wise, more Yeah, more comfortable. Yeah, um, there's a lot of hard plastic in there. For yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. And gas-wise, yeah. I mean, you know, you're looking at a 5.7 V8, so yeah. you're, you know you're going to be getting lower gas mileage if mm-hmm. you opt for something with that size. But yeah, pretty affordable. It did look tough, for sure. Yeah, it looks yeah, great. Yeah, it looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, moving on. Stephanie, what have you been uh, doing lately in the uh, FYI world? Well, my um, FYI on o- Overlanding mm-hmm. just aired, um, and that was so much fun to film. We went out to Bend, Oregon, and uh, we hooked up with Earth Cruiser, and we went on an overlanding adventure, um, which I had never done anything like that before. So overlanding is just like rich people camping? Is that <laughs> no, yeah. that's, that's glamping. That's uh, overlanding is, is like RV. buying as much stuff as possible <laughs> to go camping? <laughs> well, good question. Yeah. No, overlanding is actually a cross between RVing and camping. So if you guys are... Well, from- you're, you're talking to Brian Robinson, whose idea of camping on his way to Sturgis was literally just sleeping next to his bike, no tent or anything. So, Brian, this would be glamping for you, okay? okay? Right. I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. But for most of the world, it's called overlanding now. All right. 
I just you. I hear a lot. I hear that term a lot, and it too, it's always seems associated with buying lots of stuff. Well, oh yeah. The, the segment I saw the segment, and I was like, it looks like, and I think it's cool, but it's almost like there's nature. Let's run over nature to get up there where yeah. nobody else is. <laughs> we did not run over nature. Yeah. Trust me. No, we took trails. Yeah, we took trails, rocky dirt trails. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually didn't see a lot of wildlife, um, but there was still snow on the ground. Um, Might have scared it away. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Possibly. Yeah, those Earth cruisers are no joke, really. Yeah, I, know, I, saw the, I saw the segment as well, mm-hmm. and I thought it looked really good. And I saw the, the larger vehicle. I don't remember the exact name of it, but it was the one that cost upwards of $200,000. Right, $285,000. Oh, so that's above. the EXP. Yeah. So that's uh, the fancier one. And there's basically everything in there, a shack. Hour, a working faucet, a refrigerator, a bathroom. So it's pretty cool. You know, a bed in there, mm-hmm. TVs it, it, if you want. To me, it almost looked like it was almost something out of Mad Max because they got, you know, the the front, uh, the flat front cab going on and then they get these big old knobby wheels and just the the whole living space in the back. And it's it's a cool looking piece of equipment Mm -hmm. that's for sure yeah if you guys are familiar with the company it started in australia in 2008 and then moved to the united states in 2013 just when all of this overlanding was becoming big and the whole idea behind overlanding is that um people you know camping and rving has become so popular recently that everyone is just crowding these campsites so no one really now wants to sleep by a generator or be crowded and try to enjoy nature. So this Earth Cruiser will let you go out in the middle of nowhere um, where other vehicles can't go and enjoy the peaceful, uh, the peace and tranquility of nature. And still have creature comforts. Yes, there. exactly. Yeah, um, it, it, I don't know if you – maybe I missed it. Um, but weren't there like different levels? One of them was just basically like a pickup truck with a cab Right. That was a mod, the yeah. mod camper, which is more basic, yeah, mm-hmm. and a little more affordable. That, for yeah, everyone. I mean that definitely seems like more of the reasonable one, just mm-hmm. throwing it on the back of a pickup and mm-hmm. heading up the trail. Right, and then I slept in the EXD, which was sort of middle of the road. It still had um, what the higher level premium one had, but a little bit less, <laughs> but a little bit more than the mod camper. Okay. So for getting off the grid and enjoying nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, what you didn't see on TV, I will tell you, is that the bugs were really bad. (laughs) And my videographer and I came back with upwards of 20 plus bug bites. So It's never fun. So nature was not kind to you. (laughs) You you know, it was just they were biting. They were biting. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were really out. You know, in the middle of nowhere, they were trying to herd you back to those campgrounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go back with everybody else. Back with your own kind. So, oh, it sounds cool. I haven't actually seen that one, but I'm very interested in it. Yeah, it was tons of fun shooting. Really fun going out there, and we also had two dogs with us. So, oh, yeah, dogs make nice. everything better. Yeah, we did uh, kayaking. We grilled out. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Wow, some of the food I saw you had was like really. It looked mm-hmm. exquisite looks yeah. looking. Oh, yeah. Earth Cruiser was just so amazing. Actually, the founder's wife cooked all that food for us. She oh, was so awesome. gracious. She brought it all and, and cooked it. It was delicious. Yeah. Very good. Appreciate the story. Appreciate the insight. Uh, let's move on to our lightning round. Porsche is the latest automaker to offer something that no one else uh, that no one is asking for. <laughs> for just eight thousand one hundred dollars, Porsche will put your fingerprint on the hood of your nine eleven. That's right; they'll scan your finger, and a very expensive robot will paint it onto the car. How cool or uncool is that? 
Who wants to go first? Oh, I can just imagine owners bragging about this in, you know, some parking lot with the rest of their Porsche friends. And I just, I don't get it. I don't get it it's at all. It's bragging rights. Yeah, it's yeah. complete bragging It's that rights. wow factor. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was an April Fool's joke before <laughs> April. Uh, yeah, I just... I have a hard time getting on board with this one, but it is classic Porsche. Let's charge somebody eight grand to put a decal. It's not a decal. It's like a very expensive painting process uh, where they end up like clear coating over top of it. But it's just like, I'm sure somebody will pay the eight grand to do it. But uh, yeah, I mean, you also got to give up your fingerprint, which they claim they're going to be very careful with and not give out. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, who whose idea was i want my thumbprint on my, the hood of my yeah. 911 what what round table meeting did this come out of the only thing that surprises me about it is that it only cost $8,100 right you think it's they would have so found affordable <laughs> but uh, i don't know i can think of a lot of other things that I would rather get put on the hood of my 911. Yeah, I could think but, a lot of the things I'd spend eight grand on. Uh, people do a lot of funny things with cars and trucks, though. So, I mean, I guess is it really any weirder than people putting like uh, certain anatomical parts of uh, of bulls on their trucks? <laughs> and I mean, you use your fingerprint now to open your phone and do so much. So maybe that was the whole yeah, idea it's behind like it's already it. Out there, yeah, it's it's like a big thing now. Could you imagine a Murder being solved by them oh comparing it to the hood of the uh, Salem 911. Wow. Like, I knew it was going to come back to bite me. It's going to show up in Law & Order. Yeah. Soon, for sure. As for our viewer question, uh, we have one from Freddie. How come some of your reviews don't include your traditional performance and handling tests? Uh, why is that, uh, road test producer Kyle Scanlon? Oh, boy. Um I mean, some of it is when uh, we have our quick spins. Mm-hmm. So our, our quick spin reviews, we don't go as in-depth. We don't bring them to the track, uh, don't get numbers on it, anything like that. And that's because those vehicles usually don't have as much that's new. Uh, you know, they'll just be like a mid-cycle refresh or something like that. So we don't have to dive as deep into the vehicle because chances are we already did have a full test on it. And you could go on our website and probably go back into YouTube or something and find the full test where it would have right. those numbers and stuff. Um Sometimes it happens just because of the weather. Uh, you know, we have these cars for a short period of time, some of them only for four or five days, most of them for around two weeks. But when we get backed up and we have five, six, seven cars here that we have to test and get the footage on and all of that, and we get three or four days of rain, it sometimes means that these cars can't go to the track. Yeah, we're snow as well. You know, the track's been under snow for weeks at a time before mm-hmm. as well. So Yeah, and then the other one is what you're about to go do is – Sometimes we do our road tests in California and Texas mm-hmm. and wherever we are, and yeah, we can't safely do, do the yeah. performance test. Yeah, we don't have a track to go to. I'm about to be in California for a speedster, for a Porsche speedster, and, you know, there's there's no tracks that we can go to and just, you know, throw it down and have, you know, 90 minutes, two hours to ourselves to do everything that we have to do, so... That's another reason. Yeah, I mean, it's not as simple as just getting a 0-60 to 60 number and telling it to you. I mean, we actually shoot the thing yeah we shoot the thing we have to do multiple multiple runs for sure yeah Yeah. you know with the quarter mile test you know we got to run the quarter mile you know eight ten twelve times in order for our our camera guys to get what they need and then we got to do it again for the drones and for the gopros and the braking tests and the slalom tests which again we sometimes have to do eight ten times in order to get everything we need or what maybe 20 30 seconds Uh, it depends on the car yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a minute yeah i'd say 
Yeah, yeah usually about the track will run, you know, anywhere between 45 yeah. seconds and a minute in the yeah. segment. And that's just but, gigabytes of footage. Yes. Lots yeah, of bottom footage. line, Freddie, we make every attempt. When we have the car here, you know, when we're doing a test, we make every attempt to get up there, but it doesn't always happen. And if we're on location, then we're just not uh, able to do it. Hope that helps. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm. And uh, anybody have a rant or a rave before we get out of here? No, nothing. I don't. We got uh, nothing? I don't, I don't think we have anything. All right. Looks like everything's sunny in Owings Mills today. Yes. And windy. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'd like to thank our audio engineer, Jim Bigwood, our podcast producer, Greg Carlos, podcast creator, Bob Mixter. Be sure to uh, check us out on all the usual channels and places. Uh, track us out on the uh, internet, all the uh, motorweek.org and all the Facegram and Insta whatever's. <laughs> and the tweeters. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat. What was it? Do we have a My, Snapchat? Have we got MySpace? Is that what? Uh, MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks for watching Motorweek. You've been listening to the podcast of Motorweek. Television's original automotive magazine. Motorweek is made possible by TireRack.com and RockAuto.com. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at Motorweek.org. And watch Motorweek, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station. 